Hilchais Tumas Eichlin Perik Yud Aleph Halacha Aleph. The Ram continues talking about the halachas of when food, produce specifically, becomes susceptible to Kabbalah's Tumah. When someone harvests their grapes and he wants to sell in the marketplace, all the options to dry them out to make them raisins, and they have the din of any other fruit you pick off the tree, they don't become Mokshur for Kabbalah's Tumah, until liquid beverage, one of the seven mashkin, falls on them with the intention of the owner, as is any produce you pick. Aval, however, here's the exception. Someone harvests grapes. He harvests the grapes because he wants to make wine out of the grapes, and immediately upon harvesting them, despite the fact they're dry, they become susceptible. Even though no beverage fell on these harvested grapes at all, Therefore, because they are susceptible to tumma by definition, once they're harvested, immediately if someone touches them who is tummy, they become tummy. Why is that exactly if they're bone dry? This matter is a Why the make this It's very common that the grape farmer will go to his vineyard. He wants to know whether or not his grapes are ready for harvesting for the purpose of pressing them for wine. Very common, he'll take a cluster of grapes from the vineyard as a sample and squeeze them to inspect to see whether or not they're ready, they're, they're producing quality, quality, quality juice, and the quality grapes. And at that point, they will drip all over other grapes which already have been harvested. And at that point, that juice that he's squeezing is considered juice he wants to come out because this whole all these grapes are meant to be squeezed for the purposes of producing wine. And everything is, 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 all these grapes he's harvesting in this vineyard is, for, is, to, is to make wine, to produce wine, to, to press them. And therefore, any use that comes out, whether it's formally in the press or just the sample version, the fact is it's all desired liquid and therefore it's considered the kind which does because it's a very common scenario and you might not realize it, the chamei, the blanket gazera, all grapes harvested for the purposes of pressing, pressing making wine of them are makalotuma by default midarabon. He doesn't um, um, he doesn't he's not careful about this cluster and, he, and he's gonna allow it to be pressed by other grapes. Now um, the grapes he doesn't care about let them let them get squashed. But the um, he doesn't want the he doesn't ideally he wouldn't want the uh, the, the grape juice to be lost in the ground. Because he wants to make wine out of these grapes, even though this is a sample cluster, and so of course, practically speaking, it may not be worth his while to save this this liquid. But ideally, he would theoretically like to have this sample cluster, that proves to be a good, a good a good cluster to have that those that that juice additionally as well. It's just practically speaking, he may not be 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 uh, able to salvage them. Then some the pens again. Therefore, from all this these liquid that he's squeezing, he it's uh, the grapes are muksher uh, from this sample. Cluster which is producing great sample grape juice. Therefore, because it's such a common scenario that happens so frequently, whenever you harvest your vineyard, pick the grapes off the vines uh, for the intention of making wine out of them. Therefore, if a person harvests his vineyard for the purposes of the wine press, they are by default considered mukshur and the makabotuma midrabanam. What if you are harvesting grapes not necessarily for the purposes of wine? But you want to sell in the marketplace. 
for other people to use them for whatever purpose. But if he doesn't find buyers in the market, then he's going to take them and make wine out of them. Excuse me, they're not in this case. Until they come into the actual wine press. So the harvesting alone doesn't make them susceptible to Kabbalah's Tumah. They're considered like all produce, all fruits. And when you pick them, if they're dry, they're not Moshe Kabbalah Because he doesn't necessarily want to make wine out of them, therefore he will have to go squeeze them. It's only if he brings them into the wine press at that point that it's clear they're being used for the purposes of making wine, and at that point, the Zer Drabon would be enacted, and they are Mokshim Drabon. Similarly, olives that are brought into the olive press, because it's, you're going to squeeze them, we assume they're already squeezed, and therefore that bringing them into the, into the, uh, the area where you press them, that makes them Mokshim immediately. That last line about olives is actually an oversimplification. Later in the Perak and future program, Rama will expand upon that much more extensively. The person who harvests grapes, he puts them into the storage pit, or he spreads them out on leaves. And the leaves are like, uh, like natural placemats. And uh, the olives collect there. And the juice collects on the olive leaves. And then he takes the whole thing and puts it into the, into the olive press together, even the juice that collected on leaves. So he has more juice. Um... So either you put them in the press already, you put them on the leaves, and from, leaves, the, from, from the leaves are going to go into the press. At that point, um, they become by virtue of the liquid that goes out from those grapes. Um, because he wants to keep those, that liquid. That's why he put it into the uh, on the leaves or the of it. So I made a mistake. Sorry. In the beginning of the halacha, where it says in the, in the beginning of the gimel, where it says how of him, of it, he harvests grapes. He put them in, in the of it. Of it is a storage pit, not a press. That storage pit doesn't have holes in the bottom. It's a sealed bottom, uh, and therefore, presumably, he wants to collect and save all the mashkin that's coming out of those grapes. So therefore, over here when he harvested the grapes, even if he harvested them to, to dry them as raisins, for example, in which case picking them alone would not make them muksher. But once he puts them into this, uh, this storage pit on these leaves, that, then they are muksher. At that point, it's clear he wants to make them into wine, and therefore, there's, he might come to squeeze it, and therefore they're considered a muksher. It's as, as if he squeezed them. Shukum um, because the oven is like a wine pit. The therefore, not me Therefore, because they're considered moksher by default, even though they're dry, once he puts them into this vat or into the, on these spreads them out on these leaves, uh, for someone who's touched, who's tummy, or even somebody who just has tummy hands, touches them, team when they are tummy, uh, presuming that that uh, they're truma, because tummy hands would not impact non-truma food. But if a person harvests the grapes, puts them into a basket that has holes, a mashtiach shaladama, or some kind of, or he puts them out, he puts them out on the, on the earth. Which means he doesn't care if the if the, if the grape juice that oozes out gets lost. He doesn't care about the liquid that comes out of them, and a wine or grape juice or any juice from the produce is only considered one of the seven mashkin in the case of you know, grapes or olives, because other fruits the juice is not is not considered mashkin even because um, it has to come out of the fruit berots and he has to care about it and if he does he does not care about it obviously. Therefore, someone who's tummy could take from the grapes and eat them, despite the fact that they're already busted, and they're dripping into the wine press. 
it's not a problem despite the fact that they're wet. They're not Tameh, because they're not yet B'mukhsher. They've been uh, harvested for eating purposes, not for wine. So the fact that they're busted and juice is coming out of them is irrelevant. Someone who takes grapes from this basket or, or, or from those grapes that have been spread across the earth, on the earth, and he eats. And after he finishes eating from these grapes, so now there's a whole bunch left over. He throws the grapes onto the wine press. Do we assume that those grapes now are automatically Moksha Kabotoma? The din is. Then is no, even though the wine is still still oozing out or being spritzed from on these grapes from one from the other, they're not milksha because the fact that he took them to th- threw them into the wine press does not change anything. Once they have been harvested, not for winemaking purposes, and they've been spread out on the ground or in a basket with holes, which is clear does not care about the juice. The fact that afterwards he throws them into the wine press. The Chachamim did not enforce the Gzeda. They did not become Mokshul Kabotumah just by definition unless they actually get wet with one of the Sivim Mashkin. Dalit. Grapes that were in a basket or they spread across the ground. So he doesn't care about the liquid, obviously. And they touch some of them to press them. They become Mokshul Kabotumah once he takes from them to press them in the wine pit. In the previous halacha, one second. And therefore, it's necessary to use tar hands because if a person is tame or has tame hands takes them, he'll be metam with them since the kabotuma. In the previous halacha, we said that if um, he takes from this, takes from these um, grapes that were spread in the, that were in the basket or spread across the ground, and then he throws them into the gas into the wine press. That they're not moksh, that doesn't make them moksh. Over here, over here, he takes them to to press them. In other words, this is another step that's happening, halacha dalid, over halacha gimel, which does make them moksh kabotum. I'm not sure exactly what the, what the extra detail is. What's the difference between gas, a wine press, or ladarcha, which means to press them? But okay, halacha hey. Kem shoyim a beis hapras. A beis hapras is a field. The field had a grave somewhere in the field, and then someone plowed the field over. We have to be worried the plow crushed the corpse and spread its uh, contents all over the field. Now there may possibly possibly be, even if the body rotted, but the bones of the chayr are still present, and there may be a body sized piece of corpse bone. Skeleton bone, uh, corpse size, uh, 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 barley sized piece of skeleton bone somewhere in the field. And by the person who walks in the field, the earth un- under his feet moves. He moved the barley sized piece of bone, and that makes the person tummy. So, therefore, because of that chashash, a base hapras, the person goes there, he is tummy, misafik, he's tummy with on a chashash of Thomas Mess. So now you have a vineyard in a base hapras. Sounds like a disaster in terms of Tumantara. <coughs> However, says the Ram, a vineyard which is in such a field, someone who harvests the grapes to press wine, the Chachamim did not treat the grapes as Moksha by default as long as they're dry, as long as the grapes stay in that Besapras. Why is that? Since the whole concept of Tumma and Besapras by default is a Drabanon, the Chachamim are the ones who are it, 
unless you know for sure you tell me, then it's material. But the assumption of tumen based on process is din drabonon. And the din that when you harvest grapes for the purposes of making wine, it automatically their muksher, even though they're dry, is also drabonon. In this context, the Cham did not enforce the gzera. They allowed it to remain in the default derais, the state of non muksher, unless they ex the based on Unless, of course, the grapes come tummy. Because if the Chum wouldn't force the Gezeira by making the grapes Muksher by default, that would also make them tummy by default because they're Nebes Apras. In order to not make them tummy by default, the Chum did not make them Muksher by default. A person who wants to harvest his grapes that are in a Beis Apras, and he wants to harvest them for the purpose of making wine, but he wants to be able to make, make a dumb Batara, what does he do? He has to umar of shimshon. He has to do the whole process of tumen tarif tumas mace. In other words, he has to have the paraduma sprayed on them, and then wait till the sun sets after the seventh day, as you would theoretically, even if they were for sure tumen Even though these workers maybe never went into base of even in the first place, why are you doing that? If anyone's going to go into base of and become tumen tumas mace you're doing that. You're doing that to emphasize that it's not a joke. The only reason why you're being makel with this this wine. That's being produced in the Besar Pras is because it's too sveik, it's a suffix, and it's too sveik, it's two derabonans that are overlapping. And that's why you're being makel. Only in that context. But in other contexts, all the halachas of Besar Pras are, 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 are remaining in effect. So people should not get the wrong idea. Therefore, the Chamim uh, said you have to be matired the people this way before you actually go through the process. And then afterwards, they go into the Besar Pras and they harvest the grapes. And then they have to take them to, to the edge of the border of the Beis Apras. Other people are receive it from them because if other people can't go inside, it's going to make, to make them tame. Therefore, they have to leave them at the edge and other people take them. And those people who take it from the workers who bring it to the edge of the Beis Apras, they take it to the wine press and they have to make sure not to touch each other. If, however, they do touch each other, they are tummy, and they are the grapes as well. Because again, you only make a reference to this special gazeta of the two darabonans that are overlapping. And they are the grapes as well. If they touch each other, because the people in the base have pros are tummy, and they are those people on the outside, and make them into Those people, the new workers on the outside of the base have pros are going to be usual. They are going to make their because those grapes are going to assume their status of hachshara as is any grapes that are harvested for the purposes of wine by default as soon as the exit based pros. So again, the emphasis is, is that the chum only make over here because it's two drabonans that are overlapping, not to enforce both at the same time. That's the only status of the kula, but every other element of the chumra is in effect. A person who harvests grapes. Excuse me, olives. over here. We're now going to move on from the status of grapes and move on to talk about olives. A person who, st- who harvests his grapes, excuse me, olives, in order to pickle them or to sell them in the marketplace. They're not mukhshir, as long as, uh, um, uh, as, long as they're dry, of course. As long as they they are not going to be considered mukhshir unless they get wet, like is this normal status of food. This makes them, of course, somewhat different than grapes, as we'll see. Similarly, a person who harvests grapes in order to um, press them in a pressing house, until the work regarding them is finished, which we'll define throughout the rest of the Perak. So over here, once the work, so to speak, is considered, the Gemar Malacha, the status is, you know, the, 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 the process of the olives has been, has been finished, at that they are considered 
Murchel Kabatuma by default in the Rabbanon, as we'll see. We play Mag Hushu Azesim, Shingum Why are olives? Why are they muksher once they finished? Once you finish doing the whole process with them and they're ready to be pressed, even though they're 100 dry. So unlike, so, so uh, excuse me. So why does that make them muksher kabotuma as soon as they reach gemar alocha? Which in this context means they're ready to be pressed, even though they're 100 dry. The assumption is that normally what usually happens is they become muksher when they ooze this, this natural black liquid, like olive juice oozes out from them. So it's a bikumai, and the owner wants that black juice to ooze out of them and be there. That makes them softer and easy to press. So when it comes to grapes, the default assumption is that when they're harvested for wine, the owner squeezes them to make them muksha. When it comes to olives, default assumption is, is that they're going to automatically ooze out by themselves, and that juice is desired by the owner, and therefore it's relevant to help the olives get pressed easier. But again, we only enforce that assumption when they actually are placed in the olive press. However, prior to actually being what's called gemar malacha, which I believe means put in the press, ready to press, or, in, or it can actually mean different things in different contexts, as we'll see. At that point, the, uh, before you're actually ready to press it, ready to do the process of pressing it for, 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 for oil, that's not, going to do the, that's not going to have the impact of, of being moksha the olives because the owner doesn't want it to be, to be wet so early. It makes them rot. He only wants it to get wet right before he's ready to press them. Now, of course, you can't time it perfectly. That's not how olives work. But until that moment, they are not considered desirable to be, to be wet naturally. It's only at that moment when they go into the olive press that that desire is actually uh, there. Olives which had not yet been, which are not yet ready to press. You did not yet finish harvesting them. They're not yet ready to put, they're not yet placed in the actual olive press. They're still in, they're still, um, in transit. That liquid fell on them, even if it's liquid, like it's, that's tummy, like tummy milk, for example. They're only tummy exactly the spot where they touch, like all food that has not yet been muksher, even though it's not muksher, once it gets, li- it gets wet from tummy milk, for example, any tummy of the, any of the seven liquids, that makes it tummy and muksher simultaneously. But only the spot where it fell. The fact that there's other uh, moisture connecting all the olives together is irrelevant. That moisture is not considered significant because the owner does not want it there. If, however, if, however, Tommy liquid falls on, um, if Tommy liquid falls on the these olives after the Gemara Lacha after they're in the press ready to be pressed at that point where they're in the press and they're wet and you want them to be wet the tummy milk that fell on them makes the part that they uh, touch tummy and then makes all the olives in the press tummy because whatever spot on the olives uh, that's whatever, whatever olive juice uh, it, it was touched by the tummy milk that fell on them that juice then becomes tummy, makes all the juice it's touching tummy, and it creates a chain reaction instantaneously and makes all of the olives tummy. Because they're all wet. Because the olive juice that go, flows out of the olives after they are ready to be pressed, or apparently this would include if it flowed out, if it flowed out of the olives before they're ready to be pressed, but they're still on them after they're ready to be pressed, that's considered significant liquid because the owner wants it to make the olive soft and easy to press. And therefore, it causes it, it, it does the, 
the magic of Hachshara and Tumah. You have a barrel of olives that are salted. How do I clarify that I don't want the moisture to stay here? Because I want to salt the olives. I don't want them to be wet. And I don't want to do Moshe Kabbalah Tumah. To emphasize and to show that I don't want the moisture, I have to have a hole in the bottom of the barrel. If I don't do that, then they are moksha by definition, by default, once they get wet. Nikva, if I make the hole, but but then it gets stuffed up by sediment. And then now, because of that, the moisture collects and the olives in the bottom are saturated with the liquid. That does not make the olives The fact that I made the hole in the bottom demonstrates I don't want the moisture over here. And therefore, it doesn't do Halachas. When you have olives, that you harvest them because you want to depress them for oil. Now we keep saying that at the stage of Gemar Malacha, that's when the olives are automatically considered muksher uh, uh, by definition, by default, because they're presumed to be wet. When exactly is that stage? The answer is when the entire harvest has been completed, and they are all ready to be pressed. Until that point, I don't want them to be wet because they're, they're going to rot too early. I want them to get wet only when I'm ready to press them. I can't always control that, but at least before that happens, the, the moisture is not, not in accordance with my interests. Therefore, it's irrelevant. Despite the fact it never became wet in actuality, and therefore the, and, and, and the liquid never came out. The fact that they go to this stage when you're ready to press them, we make them view it as if they were wet and therefore they're moksha. Prior to that stage, even though they were crushed and they are sweating, so to speak, and the liquid causes them to cling together, despite the fact that they're very wet, obviously, they're not moksha. person who finishes harvesting his, his olives. However, he's going he's, he's to he's buy more olives from the olive store and add to the supply before he presses them for olive oil. So is that considered finished or not? Uh, even if he's, he's going to add a small amount, still the fact is he's not considered finished and therefore If he tr- makes a trick and he says, oh, you know, um, I'm not ready to press them for olives, but I don't want them to be Moshe Kabotumma. Let me go and uh, tomorrow I'm going to buy an extra olive a bag to add to the batch. That doesn't work. There are Moshe. If he's going, if he, if he finishes... Um, buying the olives he needs, he has everything. So he finishes basically all the harvesting and he finishes the whole process and therefore you should say that they're muksha by default. However, if he wants to add to them, so you, then you would say they're not muksha if he wants to add to them. But something happened, the store, the olive store burned down or he got busy with the chasana that went later than he thought. And therefore, he did not yet add to them. So he meant to add to them. And because of that, his intentions would cause the Hachshar to not take effect. However, uh, he wasn't able to. So then, because he wanted to genuinely, the Melach is not considered finished, and they're not the Kabbalah And even if the Zav and the Zavis, which are very severe, Avatumah, walk upon them, they are nevertheless tar. Halachates. A person who presses his olive in two separate presses. Did you view them independently or do them as, as a singular unit in terms of viewing Gemara Malacha? Says Ramam, you view them independently. Once one of the olive presses is ready to go, 
that even though the other one is not ready yet, the one which is finished is considered the Gemara Malach is done, and therefore it's Mokshul Kabotuma, and the other one which is not ready is not yet Mokshul Kabotuma. Malach Yud. Hamas exists of the Galil in a person who harvests grapes in one part of the country, in the upper Galil, which is between Haifa and Tiveria. He's going to bring them down to the lower Galil, another place in the country. Um, sorry, the lower Galil is between Tiveria, and, I believe, and, 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 and uh, Haifa, and the upper one is on top of Haifa. Okay, be that as it may, he's going to harvest in one area and bring them to a different area to press them. Even though he has now a Gansa tra- uh, road to travel, until he brings into a new location to press, because until he gets to the olive press, they're not considered gemar malacha. That's provided that when he harvested them, he had the intention of taking them from the harvest location, city one to city two. However, once he harvests them, he says, "I have an idea. In order to prevent them from I'm gonna, you know, or maybe not even for that reason." He decided to go travel with them to bring them to a different location for the purposes of harvesting. Since when he harvested them, his intention was to press them locally. His intentions are not relevant. Rather, Tachshara takes effect. If he finishes the uh, process, but he doesn't want to actually press his olives, he wants to sell them. They're not considered muksher. Um, if he's not going to sell them, but he wants to cover them with leaves to store them, that hasn't done yet. That's hochshu. That doesn't prevent the gemar malacha. They are mochshu. Makabutum and therefore the makabutum. Halach yidalef. Hakech matam yazeisim. A person who buys a storage vat of olives magoi minakum. So is it considered finished or not finished? Um, basically, it's as if the Ram had the word afilu here. It doesn't say afilu, but the point is that when you buy them from the from the goy. And the vat is, is is full. We assume it's considered gemar malacha. We don't assume the guy wanted to take them somewhere else. By default, the mekabel tuma, the mukshel kabel tuma immediately. Even if there is other olives that are cut lying across the earth, which seems to indicate the guy didn't finish yet, You should do the harvest the olives with the assumption that tamei. This is presumed to be that they are gemar malacha, despite the fact that there are olives uh, strewn across the earth. Unlike a guy, an Amaretz is believed to say that this olive vat has not been finished. Despite the fact that Amaretz is not usually trusted to him this detail he is trusted to say that they're not finished, and therefore they're not moshed the Kabotuma. So, in other when you buy a finished vat from an Amaretz, you're allowed to ask him, hey, are these finished yet or not finished yet? And you trust him. The person wants to take from olives that had not yet reached Gamalacha, and to press them. So, because not yet, he's allowed to take from them, even though he's Tommy Melch, and then carry them in Kalim that are Tommy to the press, to the, to the, the olive press. So, and cover the remaining ones also if he's Tommy. And there's no problem because they're not Mukhsh yet. They're not Mukhsh, they're not susceptible to Tumma, and therefore, prior to Gamal Malacha, all these things are no problem. What's the Ram telling us? If they're not Mukhsh, of course not Makabal Tumma. The Ram is telling us is that, that even though you touch them and you're Tommy, you don't say, well, tomorrow, once they start getting pressed and they're wet, retroactively they're Makabal Tumma. That's not the case. If they're not Mukhsh, they're not Makabal Tumma. Lachid Gimel. Hamiyach is a person who puts his olives, Bechesh, in an olive press, in order they should wait there and become soft, they should be easy to press. So, he doesn't want to press them yet, but he's putting them there so they should soften. So when he wants them to soften, obviously the liquid is helpful that oozes out of them. And their because the liquid that comes out of them is relevant and helpful. 
If he puts them, they should get soft. And after they get soft, he's not going to press them. He's going to salt them. So, they're not mukhshar by the liquid that he oozes out. Even if they're actually wet, they're not mukhshar because he, does, he, wants to, he wants to pickle them, not to, or, or salt them, not to press them. And therefore, the liquid is not in his interest. A person who breaks olives of truma. He makes the olives possible by definition. We're talking about olives of truma, obviously. Okay, yeah, it says. So he, he, break, he breaks olives of truma with his hands that are tame. Possible by definition, the, the olives become, become possible. Because busting them, that is their gemamalacha. So, um, and therefore, they're 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 muksher, and therefore it's not a tummy to them. Pots and lasafka melach. What if he breaks them open in order to salt them? Layuchshu, they're not muksher kabatuma, because he doesn't want them to be wet. Bechinim pots and ladeim yesh behen v'shem and v'gilu masik layuchshu. Similarly, if he busts them open to know if they're ripe and ready to press, they're not muksher by that, because he doesn't really want the olive in that case. Uh, contrast this to the grapes, where the fact, the very fact, he would squeeze them. To know if they're ripe to press for wine is does make them muksha, and in fact, because that was, in fact because that was such a common occurrence, all grapes that are harvested are by default muksha. When it comes to olives, that's not the case because the olive juice is not as much in his interest as it is when it comes to wine. The person who puts olives on the roof, excuse me, in an olive press. Yeah, lagas like a storage place for the olives on the roof. The gargoyle only option to make them dry into single individual nuggets of olives. So obviously the, the, the liquid is not interesting to him. I feel him room even though the olives are ama tall, nineteen inches tall, not because even though there's such a tall pile of olives and the bottom part's not gonna totally dry, nevertheless nevertheless that doesn't uh uh uh, make them moksha because he doesn't want the liquid there. If he puts them in the house to spoil, see, before they, they dry them out, he wants them to spoil a little bit. There's different style of drying them out, different flavors of, you know, olive raisins. Even though he's going to take them to the oof later. So he wants them to dry out. He wants them to dry out. Obviously, the liquid from the olive is not in, is in his interest, and therefore, it shouldn't do He puts them up, up on the roof and they should spoil a little bit. Even though he's going to eventually break them open and spread them out. The olives are mukshlekabotuma. So, so even though he wants them to uh, uh, dry out, because right now they're obviously not going to dry out, the liquid is, rele- is, is, is relevant. Therefore, the mukshlekabotuma. He puts them in the house until uh, he's able to make the roof... Uh, you know, a, uh, susceptible, um, appropriate for the olive drying process, or until he takes them to a different location. So they're being stored in his house. That, that, that the juice is not because it's not considered like It's a person stores the olives in the shows of an amaoretz, and therefore, and, and we're talking about a state where the olives are already mukshur. Now, an amaoretz is not believed to say that he didn't touch them, or he's not believed to say that they're not, uh, they're not, not So, how can you be sure that your olives are still tar? They know all the chasam, so he has to do is lock them, and then after they make a lock of some kind, or close the door, you can't have an open, open, open window, you close it, the chasam makes some kind of seal to discern if it was open or not. 
and that's sufficient. You don't have to worry. Maybe the, the Amoritz has a key. Maybe he, he, he's going to uh, forge the seal. And even if you find afterwards, it looks like it looked like the, the lock was tampered with, or you look at the um, the piece of tape or whatever whatever uh, simon you put there to see if it was open or not, is tampered with or tar? Because we presume that the door was open, but the person didn't actually enter. This doesn't have to be a, uh, a uh, uh, multi-lock uh, status of, uh, of, of, of Shmira, of, um, if he's not, we're not Chayshosh, maybe that, uh, so, excuse me, so, even a sliver of wood or a stone is sufficient to be a sim as to whether or not it was tampered with. You don't have to have a padlock. You don't have to have a padlock. What if there were holes or cracks in the, in the storeroom? So the question is, did the Amar squeeze into the door or not? We're not worried, excuse me, um, if there's a crack in the wall or window, you're not chayshish, you're well, the Amaretz has the din of a zav, so if he puts a stick through and he moves the olives, that's considered carrying them, and therefore they all come kabotumah. However, if there's an opening which the Amaretz could theoretically slip in or slip out of, that is a problem. And therefore, what is the minimum size opening that's possible with the chayshish for? It's four tefachim by four tefachim. Smaller than that is not a problem. But if it's four tefachim or larger, that is a problem. A person who crushes his olives in a state of tumma. Okay, nothing wrong with that. They're not hectic. But now he wants to be matar. So he can do olive juice, olive oil matara. He wants to purify the utensils, uh, the kalim. And that the other kalim, the the, the akel is some kind of uh, a kalim used to press olives. So he uh, they have they were absorbed from tummy oil, tummy juice. What does he do? Ketiyasa. What do you do? Kishayetzur shalavanim is a kalim of wood or stone. Madiach, you have to clean it. Stone is obviously tar, but it's dirty from the juice, so you, you have to clean it off. So the wood or stone kalim, you wash them off. That's sufficient. They dry themselves. The the shalnesarim, if they're made of nesarim, some kind of uh, material, that has to be not just washed but also dried actively. Shagami, if it's made of reed, miyashin, you have to have a few options. If it's made of reed, which is much more porous and absorbs much easier, you can't just wash it or dry it. You have to. You have a few things you could, you could do. You have to either let it, let it dry for 12 months, or boil them in, 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 in hot water, and boil them in, in olive juice. The alternative, another option is, is you can uh, put them in a place of moving water, either natural or unnatural moving water, for 12 consecutive hours. That will wash out all of the olive, tummy olive juice. Kalem, after you do any of these processes, with the exception of stone, of course, that's not Makabotuma, now you clean off all the tummy liquid, you table the kalim in a mikvah, the ones which require tefillah, and then at that point, use them with the presumption that they are tahar.